a Shishkin Productions podcast. Did you know that there is a uh, island tribe of people who believed that Prince Philip was like a heavenly being? Like they worshipped him? Who? You mean the people who live on the island of England? <laughs> <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Sizzler Real Podcast. And I shouldn't even say everybody. I should say Sizzlers. Hey, Sizzlers. Hey, Sizzlers. Loyal-ass Sizzlers out there. Just everyone's listening and sizzling along. If you're listening right now, you are as loyal as it gets. That's yeah, true. But probably not loyal enough to have left us a voicemail. We still haven't gotten enough of them. Yeah, let's let's go ahead and just plug our socials let's right here, right, right now. Top. Because we are not getting enough engagement. Not please, enough engagement. Please, if you're a listener, and especially if you're a listener who we don't actually know in person... Please tweet at us, tweet at us at Sizzle Real Gang or send us a DM on Instagram yeah, yeah. at Sizzle Real Gang. Yeah. Most importantly, send us a voice note. If we don't know you, send us a voice note because we've gotten voice notes and they've they've come from people we know. That's why we haven't posted them because it's just like, what? what come on, man. There's, there's no there's no like allure there. There's no mystery there. It's a, I guess you go to anchor.fm slash sizzle real gang. Cause that that's exactly what you do. Yeah. And now you do have to sign up for an anchor.fm account, but it's super quick and easy. And that means you can communicate with us all the time. You can send us weekly voice messages. You could theoretically get a spot on this podcast every week. And if you send us good content, you know what our plan is right now for, um, it's April right now. Our plan by May, we're going to have a dedicated phone line for sizzle real gang where you can call in and actually leave a voice message like and we'll play it on the show yeah that's awesome that way uh we can still get on the internet and you you won't knock us off when you call exactly and you know i'm just gonna give away chris's phone number that's all that's gonna happen <laughs> <laughs> in may i'm counting down countdown the days I'm giving away chris's you phone got number. my address my phone number you're gonna give him my social security um, chris i'm having a little bit of a uh March Madness, Madness, Hangover. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I miss it. Those were the days. I was having a, a really great time, you know, chopping it up with some old production some colleagues. Old homies, yeah. Some old friends. It's so cool to reminisce. It was it was pretty cool. Um, I think Matt King, I got to be honest, he was not feeling it. He didn't want to do the well, March Madness Especially pod. by the end. Yeah, he was so tired. I, I think he just doesn't have time for us as people. I don't think he has that mental stamina. Mm. That's where I think it comes wow, down to. Wow, you're that's calling why, him mentally weak? Well, that's why he can't edit. You have to have massive mental stamina to edit. I guess that's, that's facts. Yeah. That's facts. You're yeah. like looking at the same thing the you really whole gotta, entire time. You got to power through. You got to buckle down. You got to power through. Um, got to ride guys, that can of worms. You got to ride that fucking can of worms. <laughs> um, yo, Sizzlers, look, we're going to be really honest with you. Straight up. Just very honest. We uh, have been so busy this week that well, last week, technically, that... Uh, we're recording this at the very last minute. Yeah, I we, mean, we basically forgot to do we're this. We're under the gun. We're under the gun. Yesterday, we were so... Well, yesterday, we actually would have been a great time to do it. We just left early. Yeah. That's what happened. It wasn't even early. It's just um, like we're kind of messing around for the last hour. Not, that's true. Not working hard. And then Ryan Hickey came over the uh, night before yeah. and got us drunk. I, I was nerd. slightly hungover. I mean, it, was, it was like a cheese pizza hangover, though. We know? ate so much Little Caesars. Oh, Detroit, so Detroit represent. Dude, I didn't I didn't know that they had the seasoning on the pepperoni. Of now course. And the cheese bread. Oh, killer. Of course. That was the course. first time I've had a national pizza chain brand pizza since I moved to New York over two years ago. Mm -hmm. So it really 
it hit home. It right? did. I felt like I was in Florida again. I just, also, Little Caesars is fucking underrated. Everyone always shits on it because they think like, oh, it's the cheap one. It's fucking good, man. Dude, it's good pizza. Well, and, and the way it, it happened was you were looking at actual local pizza joints and they had yeah. like a large pie for twenty seven dollars. So twenty seven bucks. So you just ended up putting you bought $30 worth of Little Caesars. It ended up being two large pies and two things of cheesy bread. Yeah, it was amazing. I mean, dude, look, I'm I'm pro Little Caesars, you know. I'm a I'm a big Detroit Red Wings fan and Mike Illich, RIP, was the owner. The Illich family owns the Red Wings. They also are the founders of Little Caesars. Well, aren't so. aren't they fairly ethical as far as Oh yeah, supposedly. Owner, owners go? Supposedly. I mean, that's what they say, you know. I'm I'm proud of them. I think Mike Illich paid Rosa Parks's uh What's it called? Rent by the when she was like mad old and like, you know, couldn't pay rent and stuff. That sounds so, like uh, like a great owner. Pretty chill. I mean, government, take notes. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Why don't you pay some of our rents during the pandemic? Landlords, Matt King, take notes. I'm just kidding. Matt King is a very ethical landlord. This isn't going to become the Matt King podcast, though. <laughs> Look, Chris, what have you been up to this week? What do you got going on this month? I know you're flipping. You're doing the flip. Yeah, we're, we're still just flipping all the way through the middle of May. And I'm, I'm playing some support roles. We have some NHL stuff that's going on. We got a little bit of Intel stuff coming through. Yeah. And I'm mostly just uh, I'm just here wherever anyone needs me. Yeah, you've um, you, I mean, you kind of spearheaded our latest uh little animated versus show oh that's true i guess I've, I've really i feel like you've been doing most of the the actual editing or animation for that i guess i've been doing the editing you've been doing the animation and i've been doing a lot of the research and the writing end of it yeah um but we did just bring someone in to to learn the the projects and start doing the animations mm-hmm. i thought they did a great job he did a solid job yeah i was very impressed it was yeah. it was solid i think that's a cool show i like the cottage industry feel of it you know i think i mentioned that before but like the fact that we get to like it's all in-house we're like we're writing it we're doing this we're doing the vo we're doing everything like it's nice it never leaves here until it's done yeah it's really cool to to have more creative control now granted we don't have all the creative control because the whole point of it is to kind of show is to not give our opinion too much it's just to present the facts as they are yeah and i mean there's always going to be some bias because we're still picking which which stats to show off and you know what exactly what's being told but we try to be as objective as possible we get to we get to make the infographics and pick how they're designed exactly but i mean it's weird because it kind of there's no real analysis going on which to me that's the fun part but you still get to learn about these players when you're doing the research and you get to come away with your own analysis and then still write an objective piece. What I will say is if there was analysis brought into the piece, it would be a pain in the ass to work on unless the producers really were just like, it's your show, do what you want. Because at the end of the day, when we write these scripts, also I will say that's my favorite part is that like final, like high school me is like, Oh shit. Nice. Like when, when, you spend the day writing. Like, I'm getting paid to write. I That's know. Can you believe tight. it? But um, uh, what I was saying was like, if there was analytics involved or not an, an analytics, but analysis involved, mm-hmm. we, you know, we still have to send these scripts back to the, the client and they have to approve them. Right. So if you're adding analysis into it, like there's a lot more room for pushback. If we're just presenting stats, it's like stuff like, oh, just change the phrasing of the sentence. But if like I was to say, for example, 
Zion Williamson is actually like overrated and he's a one trick pony and all he can do is like dunk and play offense, but he can't play defense and he can't shoot and he's he's going to have no longevity in this league. Right. They could very easily push back on that and be like, dude, you're completely out of touch. You're loud wrong, bro. I'm not loud wrong. I, I'm not going to turn this into a sports podcast, but okay. Zion doesn't play defense. And yes, like he's explosive, but he's also mad young. He's and 20. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Everyone's explosive when they're 20. If this man has the same physique, he's, and he's playing the in a same different way. If he has that same physique, and he's playing the same way. He's just going to become and not that this is a bad thing. This isn't a bad thing, but he's going to be like the Russell Westbrook of of big men. OK, you see right. what I'm saying? Or like a Dwight Howard, maybe. Yeah, like a Dwight type. But uh, Dwight, yeah, Dwight, Dwight has so much more personality. You know, I do love Zion's personality, though. He's so nice. Every time he's in an interview, he's like the nicest dude ever. You're like, well, this I, part of it is also that, I mean, Zion's only played 68 games. That's like not he hasn't even played a full season. He can't because he can't because he only he doesn't have the health. He's only been injured once. Yeah, well, so it's a lot of it's one <laughs> one for one, I guess. One he for missed, one. missed a lot of games. I don't know. Look, that 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 was a that was a fun thing. I'm glad that we were doing that. But our big thing this month, our buddies at the National Hockey League are back. Oh, dude, it's so cool because this, this is a project. It's the Fan Choice Awards, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's mostly a social media campaign. We did it last year for the first time. It was the middle of the or like the very beginning of the pandemic and quarantine. It was April 2020. Me and Alexi were doing. Half and half, we had about 80 videos to deliver. So we're doing 40 each. 80 videos. Eight, eight, zero. Eight, zero. Yeah. It's um, nuts. It's, it's wild. And, and this was over the course of maybe three to four weeks. And each one, you know, had, I think there were two versions for each one or something like that. Yeah. You know, so it's really, we're the, doing 160 videos. Here's where we fucked up. Here's where we fucked up last year. <laughs> is is that what? I'll tell you. I'll tell you where we fucked up. I'll tell you as well. Tell you, me. You go for, uh, we didn't take it. As seriously as we should have at the beginning. Wow. A big shout out to producer Vince. Vince, next time you sneeze, move your head from the mic, bro. Now we got to desanitize this mic or whatever. Um, Desanitize? Or just sanitize. Disinfect. (laughs) Vince just desanitized the mic by sneezing on. Um, No, what I was saying was, it's not that we didn't take it serious. I think the big thing that was... We underestimated it. We underestimated that. Okay, that I'll give you. We underestimated it. But to me, the thing that got me with it was that we, um, on the graphics front, I, I tried to get too cute with it. Same. I tried to get too cute Same. with it. I was like, let's add in all these cool graphics. Let's let's like put stuff in like Polaroid frames. Let's do this and that. And it's like, that's fine if you're going to do one video. But when you have to deliver in mass like 80 videos, exactly. 82 videos, you need to come up with a formula that is replicatable across, duplicatable, whatever, across all the different videos. And, you know, this is a fan choice awards thing, right? So the people are voting on different categories. How many categories was it? 10, something like that. Last year? Last year. Oh, yeah. Maybe 10 to 15 somewhere in there that we were in charge of. Yeah. So what we did was, again, I'm not even going to put everyone under. This is me. This is a terrible decision that I made was uh, I was like, let's have every single uh, category be unique in its kind of animation. So we would include like a little mortise graphic that had like an animated icon that was related to that category. And mm-hmm. then that, so that gave us another moving piece for every single video. On top of that, I was like, you know what? We got to make the lower thirds instead of having a unique color scheme that was already presented instead of having a unique color scheme across the board, 
let's make every lower third per player match their team. Mm -hmm. Well, there's 30 teams. So like that means there's 30 different lower thirds. And if one is messed up, you have to go into the PSD, redo like the colors and everything. I mean, that's insane. And and it, it that right there, that right there is what made it super hard last year. Well, and with each different graphic, we also were doing custom sound design for each graphic. We you know, were. like whether if it was goal of the year, you know, the horn would go off or there was one where there was grip tape going around the hockey stick and there, there was a little sound effect for the grip little, tape. <laughs> exactly. And and we did that across 10 or 15 different categories, 80 different videos. Yeah. It all adds up. It's all those little tiny things that you don't think about. And so that, yeah, exactly. It's like you, you're like in your head, if you're approaching it as this is one video, I'm going to make it dope. That's fine. That's a great way to approach it. But I think part of like professionalism in post-production is seeing the scale of something. Mm -hmm. So like when, when you have to, if the project calls for, you know, a lot of different iterations of the same topic or, or the same video or whatever, you need to kind of take that into consideration when you're creating sure. the foundation for it. A lot of Asian words right there. Asian. Iteration. Or consideration, an Asian foundation. Um, I don't know. This, I, this year's been way easier. Yeah. Well, and uh, finishing up that, that thought, I actually, even beyond the graphics, I got caught up in that same mindset with the edit. Cause there, there was a few categories that were basically just social media based. So we're taking Twitter posts and Instagram videos mm -hmm. and stuff and trying to frame them nicely. And what I was doing was I thought that they were just static, like it, and that was boring to me. So I wanted them all to have a little wiggle effect. So, oh, so, yeah. and doing this in premiere is very difficult. There's not like, you can't just do the, you can't the just type in wiggle. Exactly. Um, so what I was doing is I found like a custom camera shake preset that I would apply to the the clips that I wanted. The problem was it was it was way too shaky. shaky. It was way too much. So then I would nest that camera shake video and I would stabilize the nest. No. Which like nope. it, it looked great. It looked awesome. It was the exact effect I wanted, but it took so long to do and so long to render and, and I just and, it just beat and me. And so long to replicate across all the exactly. things because I committed to it. Again, like these were maximum one minute long videos per thing. Right. So like, but if, if you're focusing on highlighting all these tweets, um, in one video, it's not just one tweet that you're showing. You're no. probably showing like 15. Exactly. So you have to do that for every one. Exactly. And then on all those render times add up and it's a whole dude. We, I mean, this year I will say has been, we've approached it very differently this year. I'm, you know, shout out to fucking the gang over at NHL for coming back to us and even giving us the shot again. Oh yeah. Um, we, didn't, we didn't think we were getting it. Not, not yeah. because of our performance last year, but because the NHL, you it's know, it's kind of strapped for cash. Yeah. NHL. Yeah. There's, there's that, but I don't know, man. I, I was, I was skeptical because of like just the whole process last year. I mean, who? yeah, they probably didn't see the behind the scenes of like having to stay up all night and all that shit. Well, and, and everything was chaotic for everyone at this point. The, yeah, it's true. But to me, the biggest chaos was, I mean, this was, it was all like logistical paperwork bullshit that is, has nothing to do with creative, but like uh, insurance policies, legal stuff, having oh, to get contracts yeah. straightened out. I mean, we delivered, we started talking contract. God damn. I don't even know. Did I sign an NDA about this? Who the fuck knows? But I have no idea. I don't know. Whatever, I didn't. I whatever. can talk about it. I'll, we'll delete the episode. If you ask us, don't worry about it. Yeah. But, um, look, April, we started talking about stuff in like April or March and the, of the last, the last time we did this, I mean, 
And then it was mid, it was mid May. And still I hadn't, I hadn't sorted out the insurance or the contracts because I was like, I'm just bad at that shit, bro. I'm a creative. Like, I don't care. I don't know. I like, I say, I don't care. I do care about the contracts, obviously, but, but we, we don't know it like implementing exactly. You know what I mean? I just want to fucking do the job and make it look good. But here it is because we agreed on all that stuff last year. And because we have the wonderful Amy producer, Amy on board to help out with all that stuff. Shout out, Amy. We were able to nip all that in the bud. And at this point, we're one week. I guess we're 10 days. Well, this comes out on Monday, right? Yeah, we would be about 10 days into this. Um, I think we're already like set up. Way ahead. We're way ahead. We're set up to completely knock this out the park. Um, and we learned a lot. That's the yeah. important thing. We, we learned, learned a lot from last yeah. year. Yeah. Cause, and maybe their mindset, right. Is like, well, shit, we could bring someone else on, but then growing pains again, they'd have to learn all this. Exactly. We know what we fucked up last year. It's like, don't do that again. You know? So it sucks that it took a, it's like a year <laughs> to come back, but that's all right. That's how it goes. I, I'd love for this to keep being an, an annual little project that we can plan for, yeah. plan around. Did I mean, did you guys end up having like a postmortem last time? Or? We did. We did. We had a little postmortem. Um, you know how those postmortems go. I forgot what we talked about. <laughs> <laughs> I think we basically we were, have Amy in on these taking notes. I know. I know. Well, that's before we had the wonderful Amy helping keep it's this true. ship afloat. Because it's uh, if we were to do like a nautical metaphor, it's like we we had an empty ass crow's nest. There was no one up there looking at what's coming. It was just me and Chris like trying to like navigate the ship from mm-hmm. the galley we weren't even like <laughs> up anywhere we were just like steering we we're like there's a fish going by <laughs> like, should we try to like catch a fish from under the water like it was yeah, we were I'm looking up through a periscope yeah. you're like why is there a periscope on the ship <laughs> yeah, that exactly. no that's, that's exactly what was going on um no nah, but it was it was cool i mean i'm, I'm excited that we're doing it I, I fucking love this project and it always gets me back into hockey see i've been super into hockey for the past like six weeks maybe because we went in uh on nhl tv yeah and uh my favorite team the florida panthers is finally one of the top teams and they're actually exciting to watch congratulations you guys do you deserve we just lost we just lost two in a row against the hurricanes so i'm not feeling great seven one last night Oh yeah. So don't even, I okay. Know, All right. you guys, you guys, you guys deserve it, man. But yeah, you've been watching a lot. So, but you haven't had a chance to get in on this one. Well, and I'm, I'm really probably not going to be editing any of the NHL videos this year. I'm just here for support and to look at them. And it's actually kind of better that you're not editing them because mm-hmm. it means there's an extra set of eyes who are qualified. Your, eyes, your eyes are qualified. An extra <laughs> set of eyes who is qualified to uh, look at hockey videos and say like, Hey, you fucked this up or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. if you're too close to it, right, you're going to you're just not going to QC him the same way. Yeah, that's editing. You always need a second set of eyes. No, no one in the world can care about a video watching it that many times in a row. You're yeah. always going to miss something. This this episode drops the 12th today. If you're listening to it on the day it drops, it's the 12th of April. Hey. And that means this week currently the week of the 12th. This is our hell week. Oh, we even, God. We even brought in our the the wonderfully talented, uh, the wickedly talented <laughs> Adele Dazim, uh, Vince Peretti, uh, also a hockey person. So not Air Vince one, not Air Vince one, Air Vince one, Air Vince one. Man, he had a week last week. We got to get him on to talk about his experiences. He oh, shot, yeah. He shot. 
I think five music videos in one week or something, something crazy, like shooting every single day. He went different through videos. It. You know, he rented a red different camera. Different times of days. And then he drone operators. And he's still here right now producing this podcast. That's, that's and later wild. tonight, he's got to go. He's got another shoot. He doesn't stop. Round the clock. He's like an energizer rabbit. He doesn't stop. He doesn't quit. Beating that you know drum. Just beating that production drum. That's that's Vince. Air Vince one. Um, Chris. Alexi. Let's talk about this one thing that we we, were, we we briefly got into this. Yeah, so we're going to extend our madness just a little bit, oh. but just a week. Okay. Because yeah. I, I think this is where you're going with it. It's a topic that makes me pretty mad. It should make everyone pretty mad, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, what's uh, what's the topic? Uh, it's McGraw-Hill, right? McGraw-Hill. Uh, is, is that what it's called? McGraw-Hill, that's the, right. Uh, the old textbook company. Yeah, the old, the still textbook company. Is, is that all they do? Um, they probably they're they're like an education company. Okay. So well, like so they they recently implemented something where their freelancers now have to pay an extra two or two and a half percent for McGraw Hill to process their invoices through their system. And so, in a nutshell, to get paid, you have to pay them extra exactly two and a half percent of whatever your invoice is you know what's the craziest thing is that like i don't and that's the only way to get paid through by them yeah no one is uh really talking about it like i i just right now as you were saying that searched it to try to find some articles and the only article i'm seeing is this one from this uh, website in In these these times times. yeah which is like uh, no offense i'm sure they're i'm sure this is solid reporting i'm just saying like no one really knows that as a as a source like if the if the Washington Post or the New York Times or someone wrote or the Guardian wrote like a story about why would the Guardian do it? It's in America, but whatever. If someone wrote a story about it in a bigger paper, I'm sure this would get like way more attention. But yeah. you know what the thing is that sucks is that they fucking double down on it. Yeah. So 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 this news came out maybe a month ago and there was a a bit of a pushback, you know, some call to action from from different freelance organizations. Hey, tell this company that this is not right. And McGraw-Hill basically listened to everyone and said, meh, too bad. Yeah. We're this, not going to change this. This article is from a dude named Hamilton Nolan. He's a lab, labor reporter. Uh, let me just read a second, a uh, little second from this. He says, on social media, the fee was referred to as incredible, utter crap and bullshit. The existence of the fee, which was not widely known, even caused mortification inside McGraw-Hill itself. Uh, someone, uh, one employee at McGraw-Hill who asked to remain anonymous over fear of professional repercussions said, the fee is an embarrassment. We've always been good to our freelancers, so I was very surprised to learn that we'd be charging a fee to process their invoices. Taking a cut from their pay is petty and makes us look bad. I really hope the company reconsiders and rolls back this policy. The invoicing system is already a pain to use. So it's just it's just one of those crazy things where it's like such a just corporate bureaucratic bullshit. Like the people at the top, it, it you can just tell that company is so disconnected from itself because even the people who are the producers, they're hiring the freelancers are like, we don't even like invoicing this way. It's just the system they told us to use. And now like we're we don't even want to yeah. do this. Well, so, so part of their official response was. Quote, the 2.2% fee offsets the incremental costs we now incur to ensure proper labor force classification. We communicated the fee in advance to our contractors and they agreed to pay it, which it's so frustrating because I'm sure the 
the contractors didn't just agree to pay it. Yeah. Like they didn't have a choice in the matter. So yeah, the thing is, like, if you say something like that to a contractor, they're not going to like it's they're a contractor. They're they don't they're not going to be like, well, what what option do they have? If yeah, they go don't to you, get paid. If they go to you and say, no, if they, hey, uh, so, you know, in a next quarter, we're going to roll out this policy. Was the contractor going to go to your face? Oh, okay, well, fuck you. I'm out. Or like, they're not going to disagree with it because you have all the power because you're the fucking people paying them. So like, imagine yourself in that situation, like your boss or the people who are paying your bills basically are like, hey, we're going to implement this policy. No, it's It's pretty hard to stand up to them right away. Like, it's the people who have the power and are in charge. They're the ones who are responsible for maintaining an ethical sort of standard. You know exactly. what I mean? Exactly. I mean, the freelancers can't, they're not actually part of the company. So what, yeah. what say do they even have in this policy? Exactly. It's just, it's so frustrating for them to be like, oh, this, this is because it costs us internally. No shit. It costs every company to do payroll. Yeah. Like that's, that's just part of owning That's a company, of running a business. One of the expenses. It, yeah. It's it, like you, the the people who you're paying should not be paying for your payroll. Like, fuck that. That's crazy. This it, makes zero sense. I mean, it's just another classic example of of what is it? Uh, privatizing the profits and socializing the losses. It's like, it, it's like if if you order a pizza for delivery and then the like the person's like, all right, cool. Yeah, we can get it most of the way there, but then you got to come meet me. Like, it's just like two minutes. Just meet me at the next corner to get the pizza. You're like, yeah, well, that's not really delivery, yeah. is it? Like, I don't know. Th- this is something that they said in the letter when they were trying to uh, justify it. Listen to this. This is some bullshit. Many of the independent contractors we engage already have full time jobs, and the work they do for us provides them with additional income. The rate of independent contractors returning to do work with us is very high. And during the pandemic, the percentage of independent contractors who had more than one project with us has increased. It's like, all right, dude, that sounds like that they moved away from employing people full time and turned them into contractors. Yeah. Also, like, I just think it's so annoying to like this is just this is not justification to say, well, a lot of our independent contractors already have full time jobs. It's like. Well, that's a problem. Yeah. Right? Like, wh- why do they have to do all this extra shit? Like, it, it, I don't know, man. I it's I I just don't full time job in America doesn't pay the bills to, to to live a decent life. So they're doing extra freelance work on top of that. And they're not even getting their full rate because they're paying two percent yeah. for the right to get paid. And what's annoying is like he, they also said, like the high return rate implies satisfaction among the independent contractors who work with us. It's like, okay, no, it that's great. Desperation. That's great. Yeah. It does imply desperation. And it, it, that's, that's fine. That has nothing to do with the fact that you're levying attacks on them to get paid. Cool. They're coming back to work for you because they need more gigs and you're offering more gigs, but now you're taking money from them. That has nothing to do with the past where they returned for work. Like well, they're, 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 that's irrelevant. I'm, I'm curious what the response of the freelancers who actually do work for them, if any of them Same. are raising their rate by 2%. I would. I would 100%. I'd be like, all right, cool. Well, 100%, but 2%. <laughs> but whatever. I, I would raise it because I'd be like, all right, well, my rate's got to go up to offset that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I don't know. The The Authors Guild is like one of the main like groups that has been. Yeah, as if writers weren't already paid shit. Yeah, they said that it's exploitative and it sets a dangerous precedent, which it definitely does. I mean, well, yeah, absolutely. That's kind of the whole issue at hand, because, look, if we're really being real about it, two percent on the probably the rates that McGraw-Hill is paying, which is probably trash. No offense, McGraw-Hill. Mm-hmm. But all no, offense, all offense. offense. But um, they're two percent they're on that trash ass rate. It, it ain't shit, really. Right. Whatever. But the point is, 
it's the precedent of the thing. Like if that becomes standard, can you imagine that being a standard practice across like all the entire industry? industry? Yeah. yeah. You submit an invoice and then they just start subtracting percentages, like fees from it. You're like, are you, you got to fucking kidding me? Yeah. I mean, you're sitting there sending out a $20,000 invoice and $200 out of it when, when they pay you like, and what? you know, a Why? lot, a, a lot of it, I could people. So we, for full transparency, we add fees onto our invoices. Right. Yeah. And, I, here's the argument I would make if someone was to say, well, you know, contractors add fees onto to their invoices or whatever. It's like, yeah, because we, it, again, it just comes down to who has the power. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you're, you're the company who's hiring workers. The means you of production. the power. So we're allowed to like invoice you as we see fit, as long as it's part of our agreement and something that, that has been previously, you know, communicated or whatever. I don't know. I just, I mean, how often do you get pushback on those, on fees that you add onto your invoices? I know one company gave a little bit of pushback. Have they even paid us yet? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just, they, they stretched it to the net 90, (laughs) but but we, um, I think we get, we get pushback. It just depends. Like we, we're always very transparent right up front that we include these fees. Like we, we mentioned that, right. We say, okay, here's the estimate. Um, it, here's the calendar with the edit days. Here's the estimate for the thing. And it also includes a 7%, whatever fee we do. Wait, so does the estimate include that? Yeah. So we we give them the total labor cost and then we give them the fee cost and add them and go, this is the cost of the, of the project. Then I think that's totally reasonable. hundred percent. Yeah. Because it's, you know, it, again, it would be like if we came at them at the end and tacked it on, that's, that's fucked up. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's it's all about just transparency. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. Fuck McGraw Hill. Like having said that, oh, maybe we should reach out and try to get some work. <laughs> 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 Write him a textbook about editing or something like that from the award winning Sizzle Reel podcast. I think we'd have to get our Premiere Pro certifications to oh, be qualified to do yeah. that. Oh man, let's talk about that. Let's uh, let's take do a you, quick break. Do you want, we'll, okay. What were you gonna say? I was gonna say, do you want to get into that right now? I mean, no. I, I, I we'll we'll come back and we'll we'll talk about it real quick, and then we'll get the hell up out of here. But for right. now, why don't you listen to this ad read? Chris, it's been a hell of a wild pandini, but I think that we've all taken this time at home to learn how to make cocktails, right? Yeah. So what I do is I mix some vodka with okay. some lemonade meal and oh, voila. Okay. That, I don't know if that's how you're supposed to do it. Oh, well, what about you? Uh, well, you know what I've been doing is I've just been buying pre-bottled cocktails from a place called Wandering Barman. Wandering Barman? Wandering Barman. Here, try this one. They make the best cocktails. My favorite is the Iron Lady. And I hate Margaret Thatcher, but this thing has got gin, it's got grapefruit, it's got lemon, it's got everything. I love it. Oh yeah, that is good. I just had Boomerang. It's it's an old-fashioned with bourbon, maple syrup, and aromatic orange bitters. Mm, if you take bourbon and maple syrup and put them together at home, you probably are not going to do nearly as well. No, no, no. I'd probably taste just as bad as the meal. Well, you know what you need to do is you need to go to wanderingbarman.com and you need to use their locator and you need to find where you can get yourself some of this. Oh, dang. Okay. Yeah, they're going to be all over the place. They'll be at your favorite bar, at your favorite restaurant, and at your favorite liquor store. I guess I'm going to wander on over there. Yeah, wander on over there and if they don't have it, tell them. Stock up on Wandering Barman. All right, Sizzlers, welcome back. We're still a little bit mad, but we're not that mad anymore. We're not really that mad anymore. We got most of it out through most March. Of it. But... You know, we're we're like 
in a constant state of just discomfort. Look, being an editor, <laughs> being angry is like that. That's just part of it. Like you have to be constantly a little bit angry that's to what, be an editor. That's really what makes editors so zen is mm-hmm. that they've learned to process in the anger in in like semi productive ways. Exactly. You know, like uh, I don't know, eating a lot of fast food. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Is that processing anger or depression? Um. Yo, all jokes aside, uh, Adobe, we, before we went to the break, we said something about Adobe certification system. Chris, are you Adobe certified in anything? Well, here's the thing on LinkedIn. I kind of am for, for premiere after effects and Photoshop. They have this like little mini quiz. It's like 15 or 20 questions. And if you rank in the top 30% of people who take the quiz, then you get a little Adobe certification on your LinkedIn. However, I think they do actual courses that are like two days and $2,000 somehow where you get an actual Adobe certification that is recognized by somebody somewhere. That's my question. I don't know. Who is it recognized by? That's the thing is I don't know. I mean, for me personally, I don't think it's worth it just because, you know, the barrier I don't have $2,000 to, to spend to learn things I already know just to have a piece of paper. That's, yeah. that's kind of why I dropped out of college. Yeah. I couldn't afford it and I, the, the knowledge wasn't worth it. Yeah. I mean, my, my big thing is, is like, it, it's literally what I just said. Like who fucking cares? Like, I mean, is it, is it old heads who think that that, that stuff matters? Cause I, it used to, or is nah. it people who don't know the industry at all? So they just look, well, certifications work in my industry, so that's probably th- it. this is probably worth hiring instead of actually looking at their work. That's probably it. I mean, I I think it's more like a, I don't know. I can't tell if it's like a, a way for well, is it more a way for Adobe to make extra money, or is it like something to ease the hiring process? in corporate heavily corporate worlds i think it's probably mostly about money and i'm sure it's a little bit about teaching people i'm sure there are actual instructors who take it seriously and want want to impart that knowledge on people yeah but it's weird because if you i assume that the linkedin ones are just like miniature versions of the full courses and the questions are just so absurd like they really only half of them have anything to do with being good at that program. Cause a lot of it is like, it's a question about if you want to change this specific preference or something like where in the menu, is it located? Yeah. And it's like, that shit doesn't matter. Like, I don't know that offhand, but if I'm in the program, I can just click to it. Like, I, right, you know, it's like right. a second nature thing, yeah. but I don't, I can't answer it in quiz form. Yeah. Uh, you know, I wonder how the Sizzlers feel about this. This would be a great thing to get a voicemail about. Yeah, please, Sizzlers, if, if let us know. If any of you Sizzlers out there are Adobe certified, drop a little voice note. Yeah. Let us know why the hell you decided to get Adobe certified and has it helped you? Has yeah. it been worth it? Look, let me let me sort of uh, take the other side here. I think that the Adobe certification maybe is like a... Um, alternative to things like Linda and stuff like that. So like, for example, if you don't know Adobe, right? If you say you are, um, say you are like a production coordinator and you're around the production world, but your job is just coordinating, but you want to learn this stuff. You're not going to go 
it's it's hard it's pretty hard to learn it on your own on youtube like you can but you have to really you have to kind of build your own course in a way yeah but if you do an adobe class it's like oh well shit i could become adobe certified i could learn the programs and from the people who from make the people the who make them and uh, we're better we're a better place to learn it so i wonder how many of like the people who are taking these Adobe certification courses are not actual creatives or like are in the this programs. Is their step, this is their step into sure. creative fields. Right. I don't know. I'm well, I, it, you know, it's weird because I will say lynda.com is now owned by LinkedIn. It's part of the same oh, company. Crazy. So you're, if you take a Linda course, it will show up on your LinkedIn. Um, I, you can I, get certifications that way as well. Didn't, I, did not know that. I think it happened maybe a year or two ago. It's uh, I don't know. But once again, if if that's your step in to the programs, I don't know if it's the best way to learn it because like it's a little bit too technical and not creative enough. Like if you're I mean, that's just for me. My priority is the creative part. But I guess you do need to know the programs to be creative. Right. I just don't. I, I think that we may be. Well, it's different. Right. I. I kind of learned, I learned like all of the basic basics in school. And then I kind of through, through the last like 10 years working, have learned the intricacies, mm -hmm. but you just kind of learned them on the fly, right? Or yeah. I honestly, thinking back, I have no idea how I learned the programs. Like I, I think I probably just like pirated, just pirated them in like 2010 or something and Laid around and layers, layers and layers and layers of Googling like basically stacked up over years. That's right? exactly what it is. And I mean, to, to be perfectly honest, I didn't learn real editing in Premiere. I learned it in a different program called Edius that I think we've talked about on the show. It was what Maybe. we used in news way um, early, way early. Yeah. One of the first like three or four episodes. The ones that Joe Nana hears, the ones that he listened to. Yeah. Joe, Joe is dedicated. I don't, I, even I don't even think Ben's been back that far. That's I, when Trey was still a listener. <laughs> Those were the good old days. Yeah, Trey was like, when is this going to get interesting? Oh, okay. <laughs> it never does. <laughs> <laughs> so I learned in Edius and that was just like, it was enough to understand the, the principles of editing and like what the important things are. And most of these NLEs work similarly enough that if you know one, you can get up to speed in another pretty quickly. Yeah. I mean... It, it it's all in my opinion it ends up being a matter of uh like what's it called kind of necessity right so the reason i know premiere is because i needed to know premiere yeah it's <laughs> same 100 and that's the and that's the reason that i and that's the reason i know after effects that's the reason i know audition that's the reason i work in adobe in the adobe suite is because i need to know it like and at this point there's enough work in that world that i don't need to learn Avid. I've never been in a position where I've needed to learn Avid. The closest Damn. I've gotten is I went and got Avid Lite or whatever on my laptop because okay. this is when I was like 21 or something. And I was like, I'm going to learn Avid. And uh, I was just like, well, no, I'm not because <laughs> like I don't I don't need to like I know Final Cut and I know Premiere. And between those two, I'm getting enough work. And, you know, well, and part of it is like is it worth the time to learn this if we don't really get projects that work in Avid? You know, it comes along maybe once or twice a year yeah. that we'll have to pass on something or we'll bring and someone else on. I would say when it, it, yes, I would say it would have been worth it 
before we like had our own office. Yeah. Like when you were, when you have to go into a place and do a gig. Sure. Then you want to be a Swiss army knife. You want to know every program. Mm -hmm. But once you're like running an office and you're taking jobs in and they're going to be done in house where you are, they're not, you're not going to be going to a different, you know, studio or whatever. At that point, that's when you can really build out your system and you can say, yeah, you know, we're a premier house, like we're an Adobe house. That's what we do. You know, we, I'm sorry if it's an avid, we can put you in touch with someone or whatever, but yeah. that's that we're not going to be hands. Yeah. That's, that's it, not our know? workflow. I think it's probably also industry specific. Like I think that kind of like broadcast and like film professionals tend to stick more to avid. I'm not totally yeah. sure why. But well, I think part of it is, I mean, this is just me just completely bullshitting and guessing, but I figure it's just the way it was built. Yeah. The Avid was like the first one and Premiere wasn't reliable. Shit. Premiere wasn't real reliable and really it wasn't standard until 2013. Yeah. Something like that. Um, And before that, it was, it was Final Cut. But like the Avid was like the first one. And so everyone, any big like legacy company who had the money to start building everything in Avid ended up still being on Avid because it's just, it, it, it costs more to redo the entire infrastructure. You well, know? And I think surface level, from what I understand, it's it's just easier to work in, in big teams and yeah. collaborate through Avid and like have multiple people in the same project doing, yeah. doing certain things. For us, Premiere is great because the workflow among other Adobe programs like, like After Effects and Photoshop is just, you can't beat it. Yeah. It works so well you know what i'm thinking maybe we should uh maybe shishkin productions should offer to cover your adobe certification if you want it if you want to do it just uh, you whoever anyone oh oh, oh. anyone like, i mean this is like an offer us, not okay. like sizzlers you sorry you fuckers <laughs> you can't just jump on <laughs> in on this i would totally do it yeah i don't yeah. know if it would make me better at anything but i would absolutely do it maybe we can do it this way. You can decide I want to do it. And then I get to pick which program you're going to, you're going to learn. Chris is going to learn Dreamweaver and he's going to start building websites. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually, so the very first Adobe program I ever learned was Flash when I was like 10 years old. Uh, savior of the universe. Oh. Flash? <laughs> Come on, man. You don't know that song? Bro. You don't know that song? I don't know. Queen. Flash. Well, sorry. I mean, oh, okay. All right. All right. Well, you learn Flash. You still know it? No. Really? Why not? Flash is dead. Oh, no. Just uh, like DMX. Web 2.0, baby. Oh, DM, yeah. DMX. Yeah. Wow. Let's King Philip. King yeah. Philip. He was quick, a prince. Whatever the fuck he was. He got overshadowed real quick by the DMX death. Yeah. DMX was more important globally. I 100% agree with that. Did you know that there is a uh, like a random island tribe of people who believed that Prince Philip was like a uh, a heavenly being? Like they worshipped him? Who? You mean the people who live on the island of England? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Nah. I, look, Chris, you st if you still know Adobe Flash, you need to make an NFT using it. I think it would kill. You know, I think that uh, I think I think they actually abandoned support for Flash like three months ago. I, I think know, it's it's dead. But that's what's cool is oh, now okay, it's, it's retro. Like, yeah, exactly. OK, it's it's almost like people who paint on the wall of a cave using berries and shit. What if, <laughs> like a cave a painting. Cave. <laughs> what, if, what if I just do it in After Effects and tell people it was in Flash? 
I think I think that would work as long as you can like really have a backstory behind okay. it. Okay, you can just be like, oh, it took me so long. Yeah, <laughs> it's like really just types in an expression, but damn, it took me like four days to Look, get this bug to fly around and blink <laughs> or something. Yeah, like that. I mean, if I'm gonna get into the nifty space, I need to be able to bullshit, right? Yeah. Oh, you know what? Let's um before we get out of here, I just want to real quick give the sizzlers if you made it through this far. You, if you want in on the Discord, hit us oh. up. Hit us up. We'll let, the but Discord here, is popping right here's now. Here's the rule, though, is you have to send us a voice note if oh you want God. in on the yeah. Discord. Let's let's make it real hard for them to, to get in. <laughs> oh, or join the Patreon. Oh, join the Patreon. Well, we haven't been plugging the Patreon, but we have a Patreon. We have a Patreon. You can find it. Shishkin Productions. Just type in Shishkin Productions Patreon. It'll be there. Let me... You're going to get questions of the day if you join the Discord. That's our big push right now we the engagement actually in the discord has been pretty good it's solid um i'll let you, i'll give you a sneak peek on what today's question of the day is going to be oh you already know it? i already know it. i planned it last night oh damn. i even took a screenshot i don't even know this guys so i'm gonna post a screenshot of all the different pokemon types you okay. can know like psychic whatever yeah ice whatever mm-hmm. and i'm gonna say Ghost. you can what type of pokemon would you, not you you can either say what you would be or what someone in the discord would be and um you know you got to remember it's not just one type pokemons can be hybrids so it can be two types and okay. even for the for the purpose of this we could even go as far as three if we need to but i was thinking about it and i was like amy would be psychic and fire okay Psy- psychic because you know crystals and like just vibe but fire because she makes candles psychic, oh, psychic fire okay. type. i like it and uh, i was thinking you would be normal normal type <laughs> normal wow type. i'm normal type <laughs> normal type and i hate that you're right vince producer vince has something to say what, what are you gonna say you think i'm a grass type yeah, that's true i, I think you're a bug type bug. <laughs> i'm the bug now i was thinking you were like normal and uh, man i had it yesterday i don't know i think i said normal and water okay i, I said normal and water i water. i said i would be an electric bug but Vince thinks I'd be grass type. Well, I, th- th- I think electric bug is good for you. I think I'm electric bug. And yeah. then I typed it in and there's no cool electric bug Pokemon. They're all oh, lame as fuck. Yeah, I know, yeah. I, know, I know the ones you're talking about. They're yeah. all like third gen. They're like trash. Yeah. They're straight up I know, I know it. garbage. I know it. Um, all right. Well, this is the kind of shit you'll get if you join the Discord. Um, let's let these sizzlers get the fuck out of here because we got work to do, too. Yeah, we got we got to go see some places. We might be upgrading. We so. might be upgrading. We got to see some places. I have MLS shit to send off for translation. I got to finish this NHL thing. I got Intel stuff to do. We've I got done email no work today. I, I'm, I'm way behind. All right, sizzlers. Please hit us up. Instagram, Twitter, voice notes, Anchor FM, mm-hmm. Gmail. Why not? And then uh, we'll catch you in the Discord. Hey, peace. Hey, Alexa, you know a cool little life hack that I learned recently? What is that? It's scents make you more productive, so I've been lighting candles. Mm, do they, though? Because I haven't seen your productivity rise at all. <laughs> well, I haven't been lighting enough candles. That's why. Oh, we should buy some. We have a little seance, a little edit seance. Is that what you're thinking? <laughs> yeah. Well, where are you going to get them? Well, I was thinking about getting them from SmellsLikeBK.com. That's actually a pretty good place to get them, because I've heard that if you use the right secret passcode, you can get a pretty good discount. Do you know what the passcode is? Well, if I say it here, other people might hear it. Okay. Well, okay, I'll tell you. It's sizzle. 
Sizzle? Yeah, if you spell it, it's S-I-Z-Z-L-E. What does that get you? 20% off. So if you buy five candles, one of them is free of charge. If you buy 50 candles, 10 of them are free. Buy 500 candles? It's 100 free candles. It's amazing. A lot of candles. Dude, they have so many scents too. They got Sleepyhead. That's my favorite one. It smells like coffee. And it's great because I don't know how to make coffee. You don't know how to make coffee? You're 30. I've just been waking up in the morning, opening bags of overpriced espresso, lighting them on fire. And it has been a mess in my house for the last like five months. So I'm really glad that I have a candle solution. It's really wasteful. I bet that doesn't even smell good. Yeah, no, it smells awful. I'm having like a terrible time. That's why I got this office. (laughs) Go to smellslikebk.com and put in the code sizzle for 20% off. A Shishkin Productions podcast.